Welcome to Let's Talk with Teresa Ann. I am your host of Heavenly Wit Monday, and I'm so glad you're joining me on today because I'm continuing the weekly series of sharing my personal struggles and how God is helping me overcome day by day, moment by moment. Last Monday, I got to share with you a little bit about my struggle with an eating disorder called bulimia. This week, I want to share with you something more intimate, and that's what's coming up next. Before I go any further, I want to make sure that we all understand the difference between condemnation and conviction. Condemnation is in direct correlation of being judged. Whereas conviction is almost like God saying, come here, I want to show you how I do things so that you can truly see how the way you've been doing it is not my way. But it all comes down to the heart of the matter because God looks at the heart. We can do so many great things. And if our heart is in the wrong place and it's not focused on him, the reason I say that and to, to expound on what I mean by this is, for instance, I could do a lot of great things because so many assumed in my life that I would never do great things. So doing great things out of spite A lot of great things are getting done, but what's the heart motive behind it? Let's just say you and I are doing things that are really good, but with wrong motive. Does that mean we stop doing good? No. What it means is we take that moment of decision and we say, God, I want to do this for you now. I don't want to do this because of what other people thought I could do or couldn't do or because those people weren't doing it. So I'm going to step up and do it because you know what? If they don't, who will? So I will be the hero of the day. Instead, we can say, okay, Lord, thank you for letting me see my heart motive. That's conviction. Because conviction leads to repentance. And repentance is turning back to the Father in his heart and doing it his way. Even if all along we were going to do the same thing, but now it's coming from a place of worship instead of a place, a mere human state. So I wanted to go there first before I go to the next thing. The next thing I want to talk about is I was someone who was raised in a godly home. And one of our things that um, that I grew up with was knowing that life was valuable at every point and every stage of existence from the womb to the grave. Because of that, anyone who, say, for instance, had an abortion, I would in my heart and my mind and even with my voice would condemn it and even go as far as saying, I would never do that. But one thing I've learned is that when we as a mere human think that we can outsmart sin in and of ourselves is when sin is crouching at the door to pounce on us. 
I think of the moment described in Matthew 26 when the disciples are with Jesus at the Last Supper. And Jesus, while everyone was eating, he says, I tell you the truth, one of you is going to betray me. And greatly distressed, each one asked in turn, am I the one, Lord? What really struck me about that is none of them said, is it Judas? Is it John? Is it? They all looked inward. There's something beautiful about that. Even though this story isn't about that per se, but there's something beautiful about that because condemnation was never in play when Jesus was notifying them. The conviction of the Holy Spirit causes us to say, Lord, what is in my heart that I need to come and give to you? So the conviction of the Holy Spirit through Jesus Christ led each of them to ask, is it me, Lord? Never in this scene did they say, is it him? Is it, I mean, at least it's not recorded. And I thought the power of realizing that the intimacy they had with Jesus, Jesus was constantly pointing them each to the Father. Because if you think about it, in Psalm 51, David cries out, Have mercy on me, O God, because of your unfailing love. Because of your great compassion, blot out the stains of my sins. Wash me clean from my guilt. Purify me from my sin. For I recognize my rebellion. It haunts me day and night. Against you and you alone, have I sinned? I have done what is evil in your sight. In this moment of great humbling, you know David is in a really good place with God. Even in the midst of, of a really bad thing. As Nathan, the prophet, had just come to David to confront him about his adultery with Bathsheba. And David isn't deflecting at this point. He's not pointing fingers at anybody else. Well, the reason why I did it was because of this, or the reason why, or that, or this, or the enemy this, or that, or it was that woman. He looked inward. And there's something beautiful about conviction because it does invite you into himself to say, God, I know you love me. And because of your love, I know you don't condemn me, but you want me to rise up, go walk, and sin no more. So I preface all of that to reveal that years later, after I said very with a very haughty spirit, I will never have an abortion, I have more than one. Fast forward, great condemnation. Just a lot to, to have to walk through with that. 
many reasons. There, there were a few reasons as to why I did it. And I remember we were watching a movie titled October Baby. And after watching that movie, I felt like I felt this need to share with my daughter what I had done years ago. I prayed about it. I said, Lord, I just need an open door to gracefully be able to do this. The door was open, but to my surprise, the reaction of my daughter was not at all what I had hoped or expected. She cried, and then she said with just devastation, You are not the woman I knew. You are not my mom. And she's just weeping. And at that point, I'm like, oh my God, what did I do? Lord God, what did I do? And it was like I could hear in my spirit, not in my physical ears, but in my spirit. It's like I could see these words. She believes if she forgives you that she is saying she's okay with what you did. But forgiveness validates the person, not the sin. In that moment is when I looked at my daughter and said, Tristan, do you believe that if you forgive mommy, that what you're saying is you're okay with what I did? Yes, mommy. Yes, that's... And you know, she was just beside herself. And I said, well, guess what? This is what forgiveness is. Forgiveness validates the person, not the sin. And she looked at me and she said, oh, well, I forgive you, mom. Literally just went back to what she was doing and playing with her stuff. And that has been a part of my story. And isn't that Jesus? Just like the woman who committed adultery. He did not validate what she was doing, but he validated her and said, rise up woman and sin no more. There's something so valuable to this because as I went through the struggle of the decision I made more than once with having an abortion, my heart grew cold because When you do something like that, you reason with your mind as to why you did it. And then there's this ability to cope and live with yourself. But then when that happens, there's no real ability to be able to repent because you've reasoned any need to repent because you're okay with it now. And that's what in the entanglement of sin and darkness does. See, sin is the very tool that tempts you to fall into it. And then it's the very tool that condemns you. And I truly believe this is why God hates sin. Because of what it does to his people. What I love about God is he calls us saints. He doesn't call us sinners. He calls us a saint because of what his son, Jesus, did. By doing the will of the Father, 
and in which we benefited from it. We are benefactors. And in what Jesus did, Jesus didn't do what he did so that we could remain dirty and be called a sinner. But he did so so that we could be called sons and daughters of God. So in my journey with these abortions that I had had, when I wrestled with God and struggled and said, oh my God, how could I have done this? Oh, like if I could just go back in time, if I could just rewind, if I could just do this again, God, please. Because there was a thought that came to me a few years ago. You took the spouse of someone else. Like, I, I never thought that way. I've never even thought of how far reaching that sin of murder could do. But it strips away the beauty of what God intended. And I remember just sitting there going, oh my God, I, I stole. I took away the spouses of those that were to belong to my children, most likely. And that was when I felt the loving presence of God breathe on me with such love. It said, this is why. I hate sin because of what it does to my children and what it does for what I intended. But I am Redeemer. And in that moment when I heard, I am Redeemer, it reminded me of that moment on March 6, 2003, when I was touched by the hand of God, awakened by him at 6 a.m. out of a sleep, went into the office. I felt like I was floating into the office. I grabbed the journal on the desk, shut the door behind me, sat in front of the futon and began writing praises to God. And I had not, I had not served God. I, I mean, I was away from him for over a decade. And in my spirit, I didn't even know that the Lord could speak to you. In the way that I was spoken to, it's like, you will write praises to me for the rest of your life. And that was what was happening. I was literally writing praises to God in this journal. The night before, I went to bed depressed and just knew that this is just the way, this is what the way my life is going to be and I got to be okay with it. To waking up to this presence as though I had always been with God. And I remember... In those moments as I'm writing and I thought to myself, God, where would I be if I would have served you all these years? And the loving presence of God just spoke to my heart. And these were the words I heard. You would be right where you are. And I knew what he meant was not physically speaking, but within my heart. My heart would be exactly where it was if I had served him 10 years prior. And he said, and that's why I am called Redeemer. So that moment that I'm reminded of his redemption as I am 
going back and forth with myself and God with this abortion and how I stole someone else's spouse from them, which was my own child, God gave me that word and reminded me of his redeeming power that he had showed me that day on March 6, 2003. So I want to wrap all of this up and say to you, whatever you're being condemned by, whatever decisions you've made, and you just keep making the same ones over and over again, and you're like, I don't know what the heck is wrong with me. I, I, I don't want to do what's, what's wrong, but I, I continue to do it. And here's the difference between no being living by the law is you're constantly aware of what you cannot do on your own. But when you live by the spirit, you'll be able to live with a grace of God that empowers you to rise above sin. And this is why it is so important to have a life of prayer. Because a prayerful life helps each of us to not fall into temptation. Jesus said it himself in the Garden of Gethsemane. He says, keep watch and pray so that... Here's the purpose as to why you watch and pray. So you will not give into temptation. For the spirit is willing, but the body is weak. So prayer helps you to stay in the spirit. But when you don't pray, you're more aware of the law. And when you're aware of the law, Your spirit's always willing to do what's right, but your flesh isn't. But when you're in prayer and by the spirit, you're saying, Lord, let me stay in your will. Let me stay in the will of who your son is, which is Jesus Christ. Then when temptation comes, you will know it. You will recognize it and you will not be taken off guard. Now, the temptation itself may be like alarming, but you will not be moved. Not because you're immovable, but because you're actively trusting in God. And when you trust in God, trust causes us to be immovable because our trust is in him. When I become movable, that's when I know I'm not trusting God in that situation in my life. I might be able to trust him in that area and that area and that area. Ooh, but that one right there, that's a notification because I'm being moved by it that I'm not trusting you, Lord. And so, God, I need to get to know who you are in, in, this, in this moment, in this part of my life. And so it's a constant, it, there's constant intimacy taking place. So remember this, whatever you're going through, whatever you've been tempted by, God validates you. And then he says to you, come near me, because when you do, you'll be able to rise up and sin no more. Now, with what I've been through, And because I'm knowing I can give it to God, what I've done, 
he can now use this as an opportunity to invite you to go into his presence. And that's what this is all about. Thank you so much for joining me today on my podcast. Remember what this show is all about. It's about pointing you to the Father with bold inspiration, revealing God's goodness. Goodness.